stargazers, welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take anything, any topic that is astrological or any topic that is related to the issues of relationships or romance. I investigate under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me for today. So this week's episode is a continuation from last week's episode, whereas last week we delved into a little bit of the attachment styles and what we actually take a look for astrologically. This week I'm actually going to take a look at a notable chart, and this also goes for not only individual the individual chart, but also the synastry chart of this particular person. And I'm diving a little bit more into the anxious style of relating. So just to recap from last week, the anxious style really, again, is that so that the noble goal of the individual is that they really dream of having a family or a, a husband or someone to share their life with. Now, unfortunately, this noble goal kind of leads to patterns of either incessantly texting, incessantly calling um, the object of the affection, or in the case of this week's guest, in this week's guest um, chart, it's more along the lines of she feels that she can't leave the person with whom she is actually in a relationship with. Even though the relationship may be headed south, it might not be working very well, um, this person has expressed not wanting to dis dissolve her relationship with this particular individual, which I think is also part of the anxious type as well. So um, I had a, I'm going to be honest with you, stargazers. I had a couple of notable people who kind of fit the anxious type in my view, in my eyes, the, the anxious attachment style. And um, the couple of few that I came up with were, you know, Countess Luanne Delaseps from the um, Real Housewives of New York, otherwise known as Roni, to those who are um, fans of Bravo. Uh, there was Portia Williams from the Real, Housewi uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Try saying that a couple times fast. And uh, then there was also who I came up with for this week. Um, I actually decided on this week's guest because not only does she display the anxious style, the anxious type, but um, on top of which I, I'm going to be honest with you, stargazers. This is part of the Bravo. She is actually part of the Bravo franchise. She's actually um, within the real housewives series. Um, but when it comes down to Potomac, I actually really haven't caught Potomac from the beginning of their season, as I have with Real Housewives of New York or Atlanta, um, I actually caught Potomac right at right in 2020. So I don't really know everything about this particular person. I do know a little bit about her. I, I can rec you know, like I said, I recognize her. I know, like when you talk about this particular person, I know who you're talking about but I don't know everything about her. So I thought that this would be really great to not only have a blind, a little bit of a blind when I'm act, um, actually reading her chart, but also I felt like I, I decided to pick this individual because to me, she embodies a lot of hope, especially with what's going on in her life right now. She embodies a lot of hope for those who find themselves in the anxious style. 
So who, who is this particular mystery guest? Who, who are we going to be diving into the chart of? You might ask me that, and I'm glad that you have, because it'll be Ashley Darby from the Real Housewives of Potomac. And I feel that um, for those who are in anxious types, I've heard with um, Ashley Darby, especially just recently, she's not only with a new beau, but um, she has finally broken her ties away from Michael Darby. And it sounds like uh, last year she was starting to get a new start, although it was very hard for her to start brand new with a brand new life without Michael Darby being in the picture. Uh, it seemed like she was still rather attached to him. So again, that ang- I feel like the anxious type came out in the regard that she was afraid to leave him or she was um, reticent to leave him. And I felt like that actually, that fear played out in a lot of episodes in the last two years. But um, again, really helpful in the regard that I think she is truly starting anew with her two young sons. I think it's Dylan and Dean, if I'm thinking correctly. Um, but also Nubo and um I'm just wishing the best for her as well too, because I really think that um she deserves better than Michael Darby. I mean I've seen Michael Darby a couple times in Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm not very thrilled with him, um, to be honest with you. I really wasn't very thrilled with him. Not even you know, even when I didn't know his whole backstory I was just not thrilled with him. Um, he has extremely mean eyes, extremely mean demeanor and countenance. Um, I think that anyone who is, you know, Ashley is like in my age range and in my age group, I really, really feel that she can do better. And the synastry chart really backs that up in my view. Um, there was like a couple of alarming alarm bells in the synastry chart. But anyway, um, to get into Ashley Darby and to her own uh, natal chart as well. So um, I wanted to get into her natal chart just to see, again, the attachment styles that may have a form that may have formed from childhood, and just kind of separate and isolate that on her own within her own chart, just to see if maybe the anxious type may have either started in childhood, if there might be like little remnants or just anything, any sort of indications that it may have started in childhood, or if indeed it actually started with the relationship to Michael Darby. Because as I'd mentioned last week, I don't really necessarily agree with um, the theories of the attachment styles of it just starting only in childhood. I do believe that you can flip uh, attachment styles due to environment as well, too. Um, I've actually seen this in a, um, you know, basically a program called All the Single Ladies on OWN, where basically a number of women were recounting when they were in a relationship they were cheated on um, and how that experience has changed them and where they stand now. And a lot, I I just, I could just see with all the ladies who were actually being interviewed, they went through a numerous attachment types, or I feel like in numerous insecure attachment types due to the environment of the relationship. But the outcome was far, I mean, they were very secure ladies walking into the relationship but the outcome was they either became overly anxious, meaning that they walked out of the relationship thinking like, gee, I don't know relationships very much. This And this relationship started very quickly. 
I need to take some, you know, dating classes or I need to, I need to kind of sit on the sidelines for a little while. I'm, I'm not too entirely sure. While others also became avoidant where it's just like, nope, I'm done. I've had it. I, I've had enough for right now. I'm sitting in the bleachers. I'm good. So, I mean, that does happen due to environment. That does happen due to particular relationships. So, um, again, if it is relationship, what also constitutes or what would exacerbate the inclination towards the attachment style? So, um, when it comes to Ashley Darby's chart, a couple of things I thought were really interesting. So, um, her son is in Gemini and her moon is actually in Aries, eighth house. Eighth house Aries. So right here, right off the bat, when I, when it comes down to her moon sign with Aries, Aries is usually the type of sign where, again, anything that becomes an inspiration in the head needs to be acted on immediately. They're really the go-getters of the, of the zodiac and really the go-getters of the whole astrological wheel. Um, when it comes to Aries, you know, uh, with, I think with Ashley Darby, I would say that really when it came to childhood and when it came to her upbringing, she really felt loved when her, when she not only had the idea and said things like, you know, she might have said something like, I'm going to become a model or I'm going to become a famous actor or I'm going to become famous. I don't know who I'm going to be, but I'm going to become famous someday and I'm going to make that happen starting now. Well, um, when she had said and mentioned some things of that nature, and even if it was, I don't know how, but I'm going to make it happen, you know, she really felt very loved when her parents would say something like, you know what, Ashley, I think that's a good idea. Or you know what, you want to become famous? Let's start working on how you could become famous. You can become a famous actor. You could become a famous writer. You could become a famous model. I mean, there's lots of ways in which you can become famous. So, you know, in order uh, to feel loved, having her parents acknowledge her aspirations, her dreams, her goals, and supporting that. Now, where she might have felt really defensive is you kind of guessed it when it wasn't supported, when somebody in the family might have said, you know, that's really a lofty goal and that's not realistic. You should really think about, you know, realistic jobs or realistic goals, Ashley. She might have walled up and with that walling up, Aries tends to um, kind of, you know, protect their uh, souls. You know, anyone who has like a moon in Aries tend to protect their souls by overworking. So with Ashley, she'd be hard at work trying to figure out, you know, hard at work, not only figuring out or if she had um, an idea in mind as to what she wanted to become when she grew up as a little child, she'd work feverishly towards that with or without her parents' permission and with, 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 with or without her parents' consent as well, too. She'd just kind of go for it as well. But um, really, I think overall, she felt very, she still continues to feel very loved when, again, matters. So Aries are very career-minded individuals. Um, they not only like to do things and do things right now, but when, you know, they have that stamina to make their career moves and options really work as well, too. And I feel with um, relationships on the whole with Ashley, she feels very loved and cherished in a relationship where the partner actually respects her profession and shows it overtly. I think with Aries, it's always, 
you have to give an outer display of affection. It's not just a subtle display of affection. It has to be outward. Um, one thing that I can think of that's an example, she is a reality television star. So the one way in which she feels loved already right there is to have her spouse literally be on camera with her. Or, you know, if not all the time, at least most of the time. Or the one biggest thing um, that I do know with Bravo is that there's always the reunion after uh, they, you know, after a whole season has aired. The reunions can get really vicious and really tough. I mean, it's sometimes it's tough for me to watch because the ladies kind of get really vicious with each other. But another way in which Ashley's you know, whoever Ashley loves or is involved in a relationship with, the other way in which she can show up in the relationship and help her to feel loved and cared for is showing up to one of those reunions, you know, not leaving her high and dry and leaving her alone to defend for herself when issues about her marriage, her life, her lifestyle, who she is, are being viciously attacked by other glamazons. Really, that's what it boils down to when it comes to a union. But little gestures such as that really mean the whole world to her. And also really having a spouse who really appreciates her. It's like, hey, you're on a reality television show. I admire you for that. You know, saying things like, I admire you for that. That takes a lot of guts. Or, you know, to actively support that and not like talk it down. Or, you know, talk badly about it either. I think are also that's also a way in which a partner could show up for Ashley and where she can feel loved and cared for. So with her moon being in the eighth house as well. So in early childhood, I would say a couple, couple of things kind of came up for me with the eighth house. So you know how I feel is for those of you who have listened to my eighth house episode, you guys kind of know how I feel about the eighth house. Um, I feel kind of strangely attracted to it, but also it's one of those houses where there's not a ton of structure when it comes to the relationship. Um, but in early childhood years, I think, you know, the eighth house being ruled by Scorpio, first thing that I can see is loyalty. Family loyalty is big for Ashley. You know, having a loyal family who will be by her through the thick and the thin, um, that really meant a lot to her growing up, and that actually helped her to feel more secure. Uh, along with loyalty, I also felt an element where the, tr the family kind of helped her to transform her in some way, helped her to change her, helped her to grow, and transforming her in a good way, like helped her to transform herself in a positive way, in a positive light, as opposed to the negative light. Um, and really helped, you know, kind of helped her to open her eyes with really nice, deep lessons that she could take well into her adulthood as well, too. Those are the things that she really valued and though that really made her feel safe, secure, and really well-loved and cared for. Um, in relationships, however, it seems like Ashley is drawn to the notion of chemistry, and that's really what, this is why I disagree with the eighth. I'm like fascinated by the eighth house, but why I disagree with it as well too, because, um, you know, relationships are not really full of chemistry. 
You know, um, they're full of many different factors of many different houses. What I usually say and what I usually advocate is that um, if either there are planets in the 10th house, which there are for Ashley, so that's great, um, or if there's planets in the, the second house or even taking second house themes, uh, for Ashley taking themes such as um, balancing, you know, she has um, her second house in Libra. Things such as balance, like balancing the relationship, balancing your passion with friendship, you know, maybe work if, if there's something that's uneven on that spectrum, maybe balancing the, the whole, you know, having fiery passion and needing fiery passion in a relationship, balancing that out with maybe trying the platonic route trying to get to know this person as a friend instead of just jumping right into the deep end right away. Also, um, she falls for relationships where there's lots of little petit mort or lots of little, little deaths through sex. You know, sex is very transformative for her. And, um, you know, any sort of relationship that's intensely sexual, but that really opens her eyes is very, very, very appealing. Again, what I would recommend with Ashley with that second house, even though it's in opposition, it does help to ground out that eighth house. So maybe balancing that need for sex and feeling like sex opens up your eyes, maybe also balancing that with security and what security in that relationship could also mean as well, too. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are a ton of relationships where she's like, wow, the sex is so awesome. The relationship's going to be, you know, I'm, this person's going to be there for me. He's going to love me. He's going to care for me. And it's going to be really super awesome and full of fireworks. Um, unfortunately, with eighth house relations, it's usually a very, you know, I, I just have to say um, attraction, little, little petite milk. Um, little, you know, like transformations through sex, they're really limited. And it's it's kind of like with uh, what Diane Johnson had mentioned in Le Divorce. Um, happiness is a fragile emotion. Um, so is chemistry and matters of sex. It's a very fragile thing in a relationship. And it kind of dissipates very quickly. So that's why I was just say, really, I think she could use some grounding and balancing when it comes to her attraction to in other individuals. Another thing that did stand out um, when it came down to Ashley and really her attachment style. So again, the, I'm, I'm looking at her moon primarily because, you know, according to the article Moon and Series Archetypes of Attachment and Nurture by Rebecca M. Farrar, the moon actually does reiterate like how we feel loved, what we need in order to feel love. Whereas series is where we can again embody our own mother and our own child and try to um, really provide attachments, attachment styles that we may have missed in childhood. So um, something that was kind of interesting with Ashley Darby's chart with in regards to her moon was that not only is it squared Neptune, so the first thing I see with Neptune is that she's, while she can be very intuitive and really have her button, uh, you know, really on things that really work. So what I mean by that, like being a reality star, she really has a high intu intuition. She knows what really could work for a storyline, what really could work. 
when it comes to her line of work and being in the spot in the public eye and also what might not work. And she really feels that she has like really great gut hunches and really great um, intuition. But while she may have really great intuition, unfortunately, with attachment, she tends to idealize a lot of the time. Um, in childhood, this could have been, um, you know, she may have fantasized about the perfect man entering her life a lot of the time. She may have also overly idealized her family a little bit. You know, while it's great to have a great relationship with your family, she could have overly idealized her family a little bit to where they were at such a, a heightened level that they it, it couldn't be possible. You know, it's they're kind of like a fairy tale family when really fairy tale families don't exist. Everybody, you know, what makes a great family dynamic is that everybody's free to act of their own accord, of their own organic personalities. Um, there is really no such thing as like a perfect family, which I think she might have been prone to doing um growing up in relationships however she's prone to oh my god this guy blew my mind with sex therefore he's sir lancelot or oh my god this guy like blew my mind oh my god he's like mr darcy he's the perfect man ever he's you know he's like willoughby he's he's dark and mysterious but you know what it, it it'll all work out in the end because i can change the dark and mysterious nature to him and make him honest you know again she has these really big huge wild fantastical sort of notions in attachment unfortunately i speak from experience um you know when it comes to this sort of interaction um unfortunately it does not as i always state it doesn't work and uh, usually no one is really a huge ideal. So I think with Ashley, one thing that might attribute to the anxious style, like I can't let this guy go. He's supposed to be my Willoughby or he's supposed to be Mr. Darcy or he's supposed to be my ideal. Well, um, no one is an ideal. Everyone is their own individual at the end of the day. And I think it would behoove her when she does go, before she goes into relationships or when she does go into relationships, take into mind who this guy really is. Um, like with Michael Darby, who that, who the heck he really is and who he really proposes to be, um, or not proposes to be, it's just who he really is and really, um, dive into that and really consider that before going full force into the relationship as well. The other thing that stood out to me was that um, Saturn is conjunct Uranus in her chart in Sagittarius and also in her uh, uh, fourth house, actually. And um, with that said, it actually forms a nice trine with her moon sign. So um, I thought it was kind of interesting that Saturn and Uranus should be conjunct because Saturn is planet of restriction meets Uranus, planet of the revolutionary. So it's like very contradictory energy right there, you know, energy that can rub against each other and annoy each other. But what I found with the trine is that um, Ashley definitely in young childhood grew up with a lot of, so I, I always see Saturn as being like a, there's a strict parent in the picture. Um, in this case, it's really hard to tell because it is neither near her moon nor is it near her sun. Um, it's just kind of, you know, trying her moon. It's kind of, you know, in relation to the Lumieres. I'd say with her sun because it's in opposition 
her father was seen as being very strict, whereas her mother was seen as uh, just laying nice firm boundaries. And I think with her mother in that regard, the boundaries were very comforting for her. Whereas her siblings may have complained a lot about, you know, gee, mom is so strict. She sets a curfew at 10 o'clock. That's so unfair. Ashley may have, you know, may have agreed with her siblings like, you know, that's true. But however, she would have um, given like what her what makes her feel comfortable. However, you know, mom really care. This just shows that mom really cares about us. She wants us to grow up right. Um, she wants us to grow up to be, you know, responsible human beings. Um, maybe we should just give her a chance. But I think really overall, when it came to her mom, especially in the rules that she set with um, that she set for Ashley, Ashley actually felt very comforted by that. The other thing that stood out for me with Uranus being in that picture, too, was that her mom was very critically thinking as well, too. It wasn't just, hey, here are my political viewpoints. You need to take after them. It's more it was more along the lines of here are my my political viewpoints, but you need to go out and find your own or, you know, here are my viewpoints about life. And they're probably very eccentric and very, um, you know, very revolutionary and like really just very intriguing. Um, but again, the encouragement with Uranus is again, independent. So it's like you come up with your own theories when it comes to life. Um, there's a lot of push with you come up with your own ideas. You come up with your own theories. You come up with your own thinking when it comes to life. And also, I think critical thinking came into the picture when Ashley was being raised by her mom, um, you know, at least within her, you know, within relationship to her mom. With her dad, unfortunately, because this position is also an opposition to both Juno as well as her son, so Juno, again, is our priorities that we can carry into marriage, but also when we're single or when we're already married, it can just be our priorities. So her priorities being in Gemini means that she wanted some freedom, uh, freedom to move, freedom to roam, freedom to kind of seek what she wanted to seek when it came to her sun sign, uh, or, or sorry, her not her sun sign, her moon sign. So freedom to seek what she wanted to seek, uh, whether it be becoming a famous actor, a famous model, or someone, someone famous, you know, um, with her father, again, she probably felt like the, you know, his way of being, of raising her was too strict. And to it, like it cramped on her style way too much. She might have complained more about her dad giving the really bad curfews or, you know, really cramping in on her style when it came to exploring what she wanted to do with her life. Uh, with Juno as well, um, again, free, you know, Juno, I think, would embody not only freedom, you know, values of freedom, but also values of communication and being able to communicate. I think with her father, um, you know, with the Saturn placement being opposite her Juno placement and also Uranus being opposite her Juno placement. I think with her father, it would, it, these things were cramped up. Like her father may have shut her down a lot of the time when she wanted to discuss things or may have shut her out when she wanted to discuss things. And that really could have affected her big time in childhood. Um, when it came to values as well, too, her father may have put her down 
Um, also with Uranus, there might have been a very erratic relationship with her. You know, I think Uranus represents erraticism as well. So I think, you know, not only very contradictory views when it came to sociopolitical views and other just world viewpoints, but I think also, you know, again, very erratic, like a very erratic nature. Um, one day he may have been very kind and loving to her next day, not so much. And that also may have cramped in on her freedom and on her lifestyle as well. So overall stargazers looking at Ashley's moon, looking at her Juno placement, um, and also looking at the Saturn conjunct Uranus placement, I have to say for the most part, when I look at this chart, so first off, when I see Gemini with a moon in Aries, I see a very independently natured individual um, with the moon being trined Saturn and Uranus, especially um, Saturn, you know, like um, Uranus trying the moon can give somebody kind of an offbeat eccentric sort of individual, but still very confident in their eccentricities and still very confident in themselves. I see a very confident woman. Um, honestly, uh, when I first looked at Ashley Darby's chart, I kind of saw that maybe she would probably veer more towards the avoidant type, actually. But as I looked a little further, um, you know, I kind of felt like the Saturn placement, you know, Saturn is a really tricky planet, especially when it's anywhere, like when it's in a bad relationship with the Lumieres or when it's in a close relationship with the Lumieres. Again, I speak from personal experience myself. Um, it's a tricky planet because um, it can also indicate any sort of restrictions that you feel inside yourself. I think for Ashley, where she's very independent, she knows where she wants to go in life. She goes for it. She's active with it. And, you know, she has a very indomitable spirit as well. One thing that I do see with that Saturn placement is that she really needs structure, like what she had gotten from her mom. Um, and I, I mentioned her mom because um, the trine is, tri, you know, her trine is with her moon. So the moon being um, a really, you know, representative of your mom, whereas the sun representative of your dad. But, you know, the, the guidelines and the structure that she had from her mom, I felt like that's really something that really helped her to feel secure and safe. And that was something that she looked for when she fell in love with Michael Darby or something that she was looking for in general with a guy. And um, unfortunately, when it came to Michael Darby, he seemed like he fit the bill. Also with Saturn being so close or being trined her moon, but also being opposite her sun. Again, um, I had mentioned in, you know, what causes us to become attracted to older or younger people in that episode when Saturn is in any sort of alignment between the Lumieres, it can indicate an attraction towards older people. And in this case with Michael Darby, so she was 26. Ashley, I remembered, was 26 when she met Michael Darby. Michael Darby was born 1947. So huge age difference. And um, I just kind of felt like there was a little bit more of wanting to find the security. Um, that Saturn can provide. So that's where I feel like Saturn could have been that crux there to veer her normally avoidant to secure personality towards anxious as well. 
um, especially since he apparently he did rock her world um, sexually. I mean, she was very sexually um, expressive and very experimental in the early days of, you know, from what I had heard, very experimental in the early days of their relationship. So I think on the whole with Ashley, I really don't, I feel like overall in her childhood, she still had a very secure, very decent, I mean, a very secure childhood in my view. Um, when I look at the relations here, um, maybe a little bit bumpy with her father, but something that, um, she really, it was like something that she couldn't, you know, she could handle it really. Um, or she could kind of move forward and still have the support necessary to move forward with that. Um, however, I feel like the anxious style really started with her relationship. I, I kind of feel like if it was already there and there are inklings of it with Saturn's placement, I felt like the relationship to Michael Darby really exacerbated it. So um, this is where I'm going to take a look at the synastry chart here between Ashley Darby and Michael Darby here. So the first thing with Michael Darby that I had noticed, well, first thing when I looked up his chart, I did not realize this, and it, it was kind of like a doy moment for me. <laughs> um, whenever I've seen Michael on camera, as I've said, I don't really approve of him just by looking at him. And just seeing his behavior, it was kind of a, oh, my God, this is no wonder. And, you know, Ashley was having a lot of trouble with him um, when it came to his extraneous sex life as well. Um, and to me, it's like, you know what, it's kind of a no wonder because, you know, not that I'm saying that all Scorpios are sexual. A lot of the guys, though, so he's he's Scorpio, his son, his son is in Scorpio, but a lot of Scorpio men um, really fall prey to just thinking that they are the scorpion when really Scorpio is represented by three totem animals. They're the only sign that's represented by three totem animals as opposed to the rest of us where it's either one totem object or one totem animal. So um, again, with Scorpio, the reason for this is that you're more than just the scorpion. You know, you're more than just the sex obsessed. You're more than just the secretive and the mysterious, and you're more than just the vindictive. You can take your truths in the world, and again, you can you can really help out humanity. That is the growth between the phoenix as well as the eagle. Ideally, a lot of Scorpios should strive towards being the eagle, where they're looking at the whole worldview, they're looking at the truths, but their truths are helping out humanity. Their truths are to help out individual people and to help out the world and not just help out themselves all the way around. But with Michael Darby, unfortunately, he falls prey to the scorpion side of Scorpio when really, you know, I'm sorry, born 1947 with the age that he's at right now. I kind of feel like he should have evolved by now if he was, if he should, if he should happen to evolve. But, you know, I never give up hope on people. What I would just recommend to him is, dude, do better. I mean, seriously, just you, you can do better. You can take whatever you view in the world. You can take the sex at, you know, aspect of yourself. You can revamp it to something that's more constructive. Um, and experiment with something that's more constructive um, with you as well, too. But speaking of sex... 
Um, actually, I found this kind of interesting. So again, another interesting conjunction. This time it's Saturn conjunct Mars in Michael Darby's sixth house, also being in Cancer. Okay, I speak from experience as well, having Mars in Cancer. Not a good placement for Mars. Um, Mars is the, you know, was known as the god of fire. So for this very fiery planet, sticking it in Cancer is not, you know, in a water sign is so not a great placement. And I can, I can feel for Michael Darby a little bit. I'm sure that there's a lot of heavy emotions, um, that are just underneath the surface that really are, for him, I feel are unresolved. I know for me, I have to tackle a lot of the emotional realm and try to smooth it out as much as I possibly can in order to have a healthier version of Mars in my chart. Sometimes it's a little easier said than done. But anyway, getting back into Saturn conjunct Mars. So Saturn, again, planet of restriction with planet of sex, survival, and also willpower. So what I'm seeing with this is, well, whereas Astrology King would mention that this person can have a really great goal and really great drive towards work. This we can see with Michael Darby. On top of this, these two plants are in the sixth house. So again, um, really can be very driven to, um, in the eyes of his coworkers, very driven towards being of service towards other people um, in his chosen career path you know, and can be very successful. Um, it's also prone to being malicious. I also want the thing that really stood out for me, even though I'm differing from astrology King here, again, the whole aspect that Mars is that sex planet and the fact that it's, it is by the planet of restriction. I just feel like sex, whenever Michael Darby expresses in sexual behavior or sexual action, it seems like it's met in a spiraling of shame. Like he has a lot of sex shame with that Saturn placement being right near there. I mean, it's, it's a tough transition or not transition, tough um, transit there and a a tough natal placement there. But um, that's where I just really recommend for him, you know, and for anyone who has this aspect as well, when it comes to sex, shame, especially, that's where I'd say that there is no harm in seeing a sex therapist. Also, there is no harm in seeking constructive forms of sex. Um, constructive forms of sex, so instead of experimenting with a an escort or a hooker, Maybe using some of what you want to experiment with, with your wife or with your spouse. If it feels like it's really dark, one thing that I have noticed in my own personal life is that tantric sex is really awesome in this regard, especially in dealing with sex shame um, for somebody who's dealt with trauma regarding sex. Um, I mean, it, I, I feel like with tantra, it really helps to lift that barrier or those barriers up, um, mainly because of the mindful aspect of Tantra. You know, you're not just engaging in sex just to go into orgasm, as I feel Michael Darby may be approaching it, or to get a quickie going or get a quickie done before he has to go to work. I feel like that's his expression. Um, Really with Tantra, it can really help you to help you to enjoy sex and the whole act of it. 
and the pleasure that comes with it as well. And I feel like that would be very immensely helpful for Michael Darby um, in finding a more constructive version of sex. But since this is not just about Michael Darby, we need to include Ashley in this. The one thing that I found in the Sinistry chart was that this was this is going on outside her 11th house, the house of family, the house of friends. I could just see this where, it, you know, his, you know, the sex shame, the sex spiraling really, and this usually bled into indiscretions, as we know from the show. Um, but really, it boiled into a lot of tension, especially when it came to family members or even friends who would come up to her and say, you know what, I found Michael screwing around with a prostitute over the weekend in Vegas. Or you know what, I found Michael grabbing somebody's butt while shooting. And there's you know, video evidence of that. You know, I, I'm sure that that put like a huge strain on her. It caused her to question her friends and it caused her to feel a little more anxious of trusting her friends. I think it also just caused her to feel a little more anxious, period, when it came to the relationship. A couple of other factors that I found in the Sinistry chart, Michael's Uranus placement is right over Ashley's son's placement. So while he maybe encouraged her to think very critically about life and to think of different political views or differing just views in general of life, again, that erraticism, you know, I just, I don't like a really heavy generational planet over a personal planet. Um, because with Uranus comes very quick energy, ungrounded energy with it. So there's a lot of ungrounded energy in the relationship. And on that regard, too, very um, a tendency towards maybe causing some anxiety because of the erratic energy that runs through it, um, especially for Ashley. I mean, with Michael, he could be erratic at any point. Um, I think what I heard when they first formed the relationship, he wanted, you know, out of the blue, he wanted threesomes, he wanted orgies, he wanted anything out of the high blue sky, which, you know, Ashley seemed to enjoy. But again, having this erratic sort of change in the relationship could be enough to cause a little bit of anxiety, especially since Ashley wanted to believe that, you know, even though Michael really rocked her world sexually in, you know, the, the sexual transformation of the relationship, you know, again, she wanted to think that Michael was also a really stable partner. And the fact that he's erratically in and out of her life or radically engaging in, you know, wanting to engage in a lot of sexual behavior, that's not really in a, of an agreement that could have also caused some anxiety and anxiousness regarding the relationship. And really feeling like she had to maybe double down and try to pin down Michael as well, too. That comes to my third part, which is Pluto's placements. This was a heavily, heavily Plutoid relationship. Heavily, heavily. Um, you know, first off, Ashley's Pluto is over Michael's son. So 
um, right there, what I see is that her expectations of wanting Prince Charming or wanting Michael as a husband or wanting to go further with Michael in a relationship, she probably put a lot of pressure on him and tr- probably put that pressure on him to kind of put him in a box, really, or put her put him in her own personal box. That's at least what she kind of felt like she needed to strive towards. She didn't feel um, very secure with him and his whereabouts. So she felt like she had to really put on like power situations in order to kind of keep Michael down. Um, also, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some power plays involved in the relationship from her end of the relationship um, in order to try to keep Michael invested in it. Um, however, she is not the only person here. Um, I kind of feel that when it came to Michael, his clue of placement is right outside of Ashley Darby's 12th house. Now, traditionally, 12th house is that of secret stargazers, but I look at it as the id house. It's kind of like your psyche house. And to have Pluto right there. I kind of felt like there were parts in the relationship where Michael also wielded a lot of power plays, except on Ashley's psyche. You know, I probably played with her and toyed with her a bit to where she felt like she was not only picked apart a lot of the time, but also where he was trying to box her in, in the relationship. I also kind of feel like I wouldn't be, you know, I really wouldn't be surprised if he might've played some power, like Sith mind games, so to speak, to make Ashley feel as though she is not secure without Michael. Um, she cannot be secure without Michael, especially when she gave birth to Dean and when, and then later, or actually, sorry, it's Dylan first and then to Dean. Wait, maybe it was Dean, then Dylan. I'm sorry. When she gave birth to her oldest son, <laughs> um, I don't want to mess up names here. I know they're Dean and Dylan respectively, but, um, you know, he may have played this factor, may have played a lot of power mongering games to where Ashley may have felt like she could not escape or where she could not leave the relationship, even though it was kind of, you know, there were, there's a lot of tension in there. Um, you know, I think one good thing about the Pluto placements was that there was a lot of dynamic, crazy dynamic chemistry, sure. But again, that's not everything. You know, look at the flip side of the coin. We're having a lot of power plays by both people in the relationship and destructive power plays at that. Um, so, you know, where either person's trying to box somebody in or play really bad, nasty head trips with each other. So that was really um, causing some alarm bells. When I looked at the angles, so I'm not going to lie to you, Stargazers, when I just freshly looked at the angles as well, too, Ashley's Sun, Mercury, and Venus positions, all being in Gemini, are also squared Michael's moon sign. So, again, I would say with Michael, um, the way that Ashley communicates, the way that she wants to be free, she wants, you know, lots of information she wants to communicate that graded on his nerves a lot of the time because his moon style, his, you know, moon placement, his attachment style, he feels much better when he's self-contained. And I, like I said, I'm really kind of puzzled with Michael because I don't, you know, like I said, I don't know why he wanted to pursue this relationship other than the sexual component. 
Um, I think it was really primarily on the sexual component. Forgive me. You know, like I said, if Ashley Darby's listening, please forgive me. And for those who are Ashley Darby fans, for, please forgive me. But I do look, I see that in this chart where it's, it's basically based off of sex. And, um, unfortunately, sex is not everything. Sex and chemistry is not everything. But yeah, with his moon placement, it was, he wanted to be more, you know, felt more secure, being self-contained and really trying to help out humanity is really what I see with a moon in Virgo. Um, but really like with who Ashley is, where she stands, some of that could have like secretly graded on his nerves right there to have his moon also squared Ashley's, you know, Saturn Uranus conjunction, as well as her, um, Neptune conjunction or not as well as her Neptune placement. I see where he might feel very like penned in by Ashley, like her rules, her dreams, her goals for Michael might feel, might make him feel like he's a little claustrophobic all of a sudden. Like he really um, is really penned down, really penned in when really that wasn't his goal. I think with his goal with Ashley, he wanted to have threesomes. He wanted to just have sexual affairs. I, I think he almost wanted orgies is what I understand too. And I think the biggest reason why Ashley divorced him within this last season was because he continually wanted that one that even though they had two kids and that's where it's like, um, I think again, the sexual needs aren't being constructively expressed right there. But, um, I think he did, you know, even though he was attracted to Ashley, he did feel really secretly penned in with, um, her wanting structure and firm rules you know, her viewpoints, um, her political viewpoints, also her erratic viewpoints may not have really agreed with him as well, or he may have agreed, but agreed to disagree. Um, I really see it's where he didn't agree with that at all. He just felt very penned in by all that as well. So I would say the whole nature of this relationship I think that's where Ashley went from being, you know, being a potentially very self-contained individual, being very an independent individual to being anxious. And, you know, I, I can't blame her, honestly. I mean, if I was in, partnered with somebody who wants sex all the time and wanted threesomes and orgies all the time, wanted different women in the, in the realm, I think with Ashley, she even had to compromise her own values and be in a relationship with the woman um, to be in a threesome with Michael. Um, there were some really, um, interesting things that had happened. You know, quite frankly, I know that would make me anxious and I'm an avoidant personality. I'm an avoidant type. So I know I would, I would veer from avoidant to anxious right there, especially if I really felt like I had really heavy, strong feelings for this person. And I really love that person. It would cause me to feel a little bit anxious myself. Um, I feel with Ashley though, um, the, when I mentioned this earlier and I think I'm just going to mention it again with her chart, I kind of feel when we look at series placement, series is actually in Pisces for Ashley. I really feel that she found her calling and found her purpose when she had both Dean and Dylan or Dylan and Dean. I, I'm like, I said, I think I mixed the two up. But either way, um, when she became a mom, 
you know, Ceres in Pisces usually indicates moving. So whereas her moon's placement is all about, hey, somebody should be there for me. Somebody should support me, which, by the way, Michael Darby did not. He did not support her career. He did not support her ambitions. He was never on camera, rarely if ever. He always was left hot, you know, left Ashley very high and dry at the reunions, which I think is really ungentlemanly to say the least. Um, because like I said, those ladies can, you know, a lot of ladies on Potomac can get freaking vicious, man, vicious. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm usually sitting there where it's like, whoa, that was below the belt. But, um, you know, to have to endure that alone while all the other ladies have their husbands with them. I think that that's, that's crass. I think that that's, you know, unfair. And I think Ashley's better off without Michael in the picture. But coming back to series, um, I kind of feel like there were a lot of needs in the relationship um, with her moon sign that were not met with Michael. So um, with that said, you know, she did encompass a period where she didn't want to have Michael get out of the picture or she didn't want to have Michael out of the picture. That's where the anxious type came in. I feel where um, Ceres could help in this regard was, you know, Ceres in Pisces emphasizes compassion, you know, replacing whatever your needs are with or, or meeting whatever your needs are in your moon sign with compassion and grave amounts of compassion. Um, also, Ceres in Pisces urges the person to take a look at self-care beyond themselves. And I think that's why I feel like becoming a mom was just so perfect when it came to Ashley, because she wasn't focused on Michael, nor was she focused on just herself and her own needs and her needs for chemistry. Um, she was able to focus on something more. And her sons brought that thing more for her. They still bring that thing more. They still bring her love, her undevoted compassion, and that higher purpose in her life. Um, I encourage Ashley Darby to also, you know, with um, series in Pisces, to explore matters of spirituality, see how that can help to nurture her. Um, when it comes to her needs in the relationship, but also to look towards, you know, using that compassion, not just towards Dean and Dylan, but also really outward into the world, maybe um, actually giving back to the community um, would be very helpful, helpful to her. It might f make her feel a little bit more like she can be her own. Well, series helps us to be more, helps us to feel like we're our own mom or our own mothers meeting our needs that we didn't get in childhood or that we didn't get out of a relationship. So I feel with Ashley in serving the community a little bit more, that might help her to feel not only like a mom to other people, like the mom to herself and nurturing, you know, the, nurturing a respect for herself for the work that she does um, with the profession that she's in, being a reality television star. But I think also, you know, really emphasizing that need for loyalty and closeness um, that she really craves with the moon being in her eighth house. So I really think that that really can help her. 
I also, you know, I really am going to be honest with you, Stargazers. I feel like Ashley's better off just being single and just being on her own for a while. That's why I find, you know, for those who find themselves where they're the anxious type, where they kind of are a little bit like Ashley, where they feel like they can't leave the relationship um, or they feel like they're afraid to leave the relationship or else. Listen, there's always options in leaving the relationship. There's always bigger, better options. And sometimes life has to present that to you. Um, and I feel like with Ashley, she is a helpful story in the regard that she started anew. Um, she put her foot down when it came to Michael wanting threesomes when they had two children and saying, no, that's inappropriate. And no, that's not what I want out of life. I want your love. You're not wanting to give that to me. We're through. And I feel like that was a great, healthy boundary to express. And I feel like that was a, a good reason as well, too. Um, furthermore, I know she has a new bow in her life, but I really do hope that um, she has a lot of room to find more out about her and really like embody the series energy um, and also really kind of repair old wounds for Michael, repair the wounds of not being, you know, the queen um, of this, this guy's world and also not being, you know, in, you know, she might've been in an intense relationship full of chemistry. She might have um, had a, some, a lot of the attention at first, but, you know, to repair the lack of attention that came later with Michael Darby Um really to just kind of leave some room to where she can tend to herself, be the center of her own universe, figure out what she would, what else she'd like to do. I mean, I don't think she's just a reality television star. I think she could be a lot more, or I think with Ashley, she can grow to be so much more and so much bigger, better, and really start other businesses as well too, like another business or another, another venture in her life. She's got the energy for it and she's got the motivation for it for sure. So for those of you who might feel like they are, you know, you're like Ashley Darby again, um, like I said, you can always, I always feel free. I say, if you feel like you have to stay in a relationship and you're afraid to leave, you're afraid to leave because of security reasons. I would say that's even more of a reason to leave the relationship right then and there. Normally that means, again, kind of like with Ashley, there's some power plays going on in the relationship, and that's best to leave that situation, even if you should happen to have kids, um, and to figure that out accordingly. Um, there's always a way out, and I always think for those who are anxious, again, um, really... I think with anxious people, what's really hard for them is to be independent and to be on their own, but really to find something that where you can be on your own, you can be independent and you can work on yourself, I think is really important towards becoming more secure, both within yourself as well as within future relationships. So Stargazers, this does end this week's episode. I really hope that my deep dive into Ashley Darby's chart was very informative for you. Um, if you guys disagree or you agree it because you're Potomac fans, I, you know, if you are diehard Potomac fans, even I'd love to hear your opinions. I'd love to hear your reactions. Um, I promise I won't be throwing rotten eggs or tomatoes at you. It, it's, it's all in good spirit. 
on, you know, I feel like my podcast is all in good spirit all the way around. It's a safe place where we can all be. But above all, stargazers, do not be afraid to look up at the stars. Actually, first and foremost, I have to say happy Chinese New Year. Uh, actually, I think um, my professor, Professor Ho, had mentioned a good common saying was Gungai Thachoi. Um, I think, which is like, have lots of luck and lots of prosperity in this new year, in this fortuitous new year, especially since this new year is in the year of the rabbit, bringing peace and bringing equilibrium and justice for the year to come. So that is, I keep my fingers crossed. I really kind of keep that in mind as we, as we move further into 2023. But above all, um, because this was instigated by the fact that we had just undergone a new moon, the sky is actually nice and dark. I think I'd actually had seen Venus in the, now I could be wrong, but I think I saw Venus in the um, southeastern half of the sky. I think I had still seen Jupiter in the southwestern half of the sky as well. I unfortunately did not see Mars out there, but um, there are planets that are still nearby and they're really, they're really awesome to see as well. But above all, it's a great break to look up at the stars. You get to see the origins of where astrology first came from. And above all, it's, it's just a, a gorgeous sight, a nice break all the way around. Um, with, with this in mind, stargazers, Mercury retrograde has ended fully. So breath of fresh relief right there. And then I also just say, you know, above all, um, be safe out there as always. I really hope to find you all nice and well and in the best of spirits possible. And until now and next week, stargazers, I will, I will talk to you then. If you do want to contact Sandra Mizek for any questions or comments, you can do so with um, her email messaging system at Mizek, that is M-I-S-E-K, dot Sandra at gmail.com. You can also look at, um, kind of contact her by her Instagram page. That is at Sandra dot Mizek. Again, that's M-I-S-E-K. Also, for as little as $5 a month, you can become a member to this podcast. Visit patreon.com forward slash 7th House Astrology for more details.